Amen. Thank you. What I love is that in church life, there's everyone's different and everyone's uh, expressing and sharing what they're seeing and what they, um, what God's speaking to them and saying to them. But um, it's got my eyes closed, and as people are saying different things, I'm lost in the one who's the most lovely. And uh, sometimes he's expressed with his Holy Spirit coming and just moving amongst us, but it's still the Spirit of Christ, still Jesus, amen? His tangible presence here right now, just Jesus, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We lose ourselves, the heart of God is Christ comes and he brings such rest and such peace. He's the one who breathes into you to enlarge you. He's the one that strengthens and enables you this morning. So wonderful that we have a beautiful Savior. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. I've just loved the unpacking that God is doing um, through the different servants and stewards of his grace and of his word, um, as uh, Ben and Con and Jane and others have begun to minister over the last little while, just that beautiful understanding of uh, actually just a reminder again of who we are, and just an encouragement for what God's got for us at this time. And uh, just on Friday with the, the beauty of and the privilege of as people gathered to uh, say they wanted to join and be part of what God is doing here. I'm constantly reminded of our five key pillars and uh, values that we have as a church. There are many more, but these five key ones. The first one is an ongoing revelation and relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, that is, it's a constant ongoing revelation and relationship with who He is. And the second one is His presence. Uh, we love His presence. We're after His presence. Everything happens in the presence of the Lord. And when you have an ongoing revelation relationship with Jesus Christ and you're just seeking and just wanting to spend and your time and bathe in His presence, then there's a freedom that comes. We're seeing some of that expressed this morning in that freedom. It's freedom as Holy Spirit comes. There's such freedom as Holy Spirit begins to move. And then there's an environment that's created. There's an atmosphere that's created, and that's the, the last two, which is a culture of honor and a healing atmosphere. Amen? Just in that environment, the healing power of God is constantly moving. Uh, there's just such humility and honor because He's being lifted up and extolled. He's above everything else. And that's kind of what we're about as a church. That's what we're after. And I want to encourage you that as we gather as the people of God, um, we're, 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 we're wanting to establish that, wanting to build on that. And that, doesn't, that cannot be contained. So even though this room's a little tight, we're all sitting together, it cannot be contained. That's why we have a piece of land. That's why we're building on that piece of land. This thing is just going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, if you're frightened about a bigger and bigger a group of people, then please don't be. Um, God's not. Um, he's going to still be able to pack in the multitudes into heaven. He's not going to break us down into small groups. Uh, he's not afraid of this huge multitude of people just worshiping and loving Him. Amen. Um, as a church, we're not afraid that we, we will grow. Uh, in the things of God, do we want to learn from, from um, major or big gatherings uh, where there is a tendency to drift away from the focus on Jesus and His presence and it becomes about us and, and a whole bunch of other stuff? Absolutely. We're learning all the time. 
but it's about gathering together corporately as a, to display the splendor and the beauty of God, being able to gather together to worship together, to love Him. Um, it's also about us gathering together to demonstrate and to outwork and to chew on and to uh, uh, express who He is. Amen? So just in, the, in our lives, in our daily lives, in our businesses, in the small groups, in the family life, in the, in the different families, absolutely. It's all of that, all as one, and it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful array and picture of who God is. Amen? So we're just after that, just as you're with us, as we're journeying, just want to keep reminding us of this journey that we're on for God to display His fullness and who He is. It's about displaying His kingdom, and the kingdom is always described as starts small, but it grows massive, comes like a massive tree, amen? So that's what we're after this morning, that's what we uh, believe in, just to encouragement along our journey, just to keep stirring up your heart. I want to drop this out, and then I'm gonna, I'll come back to it, but I want to say this, I want to say that the Bible, which is the truth, which we always go back to, says that the reason why we don't forsake the gathering together is because of two things, to stir one another up to love and good deeds. Good deeds can be also said in another way, a demonstration in our lives of who He is. Stir one another up to love. Can I encourage you and say this? We're passionate about worship, but can I say that God didn't say, we do not forsake the gathering together because of worship. Very important. would like to maybe say it like this. Do you know that worship is a gift to us? Do you know that God doesn't need your worship? Because He's God. And He can just make the trees of the field clap their hands. He can make the rocks cry out. He doesn't need our worship. It's a gift to us. Why is that a gift to us? It's a gift to us because as we gain an ongoing revelation of who He is, we get the privilege of beginning to worship and express that. And as we begin to sing and express that, it becomes the revelation becomes real and alive in our hearts. We have this incredible gift that God's given us to worship so that He can enlarge us, so that we can gain and be transformed in a revelation of who He is. Amen. Let me drop one in and say this, maybe not so many amens. How about tithing is a gift? Amen. It's a gift. Do you know why? Because he doesn't need your money. But it's a gift. I'll tell you why it's a gift. Because this world wants us to fall in love with money. This world wants to capture our hearts. This world wants money to be our Lord. Money to be the one we ask permission from. So I get the privilege every single month of breaking that by tithing. Amen? Do you know that God's not, not really interested in your money? Do you know that? He's not really interested in your money. He is interested in your heart, and He is after your heart, and that's why He gives us every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Amen? Just also another little thing. I don't know why it comes to me, but sometimes I'm naughty. Do you know that... Um, Babylon is going to burn. God was interested in money. Why is Babylon going to burn in the end of Revelations? Just maybe the kingdom is not based on a transaction of profit, of selling. Maybe we're going to be doing something else in the kingdom other than Babylon. Amen. If you thought Babylon was a city, please read it again. It's typology. It's for a system, the world system. It's a system of transactions. It's a system of, 
of supply and demand, of, of selling and buying, of profit. It's all going to burn one day. Amen? We're going to find out just what Jesus had in mind when he made Adam and Eve. Woohoo! Just maybe it was a multiplication of himself. Woo! I don't know why I'm on this wicket. I'm just going to carry on on this wicket. <laughs> Seems to be good line and length. Now, do you know that although the Bible talks about um, Adam and uh, God said it's not good for man to be alone, do you know that Adam was not lonely? Do you know God wasn't lonely when he made Adam? Because he, he is a community. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They enjoy each other. Amen. They're a community of unity, of oneness, of beauty, of perfection. And then he created Adam. Adam was beauty, perfection. And he says, not good for man to be alone. I'll tell you why. Because everything that he created was not, Adam was not able to be, uh, to be compatible with and able to express who he was. What was Adam? Love. See, he needed somebody to express love to. So God creates Eve so that they could be fruitful and multiply. Multiply what? Multiply love. I just like saying it like that. Sorry. Just <laughs> love. Just the, the expression of God's heart was always to multiply himself. God is love. He wanted Adam to express and be able to multiply love. He was be fruitful, multiply, and subdue. Subdue means take dominion. Over those areas, let love reign. That's what God's called us to. So let me um, not hang around. Let me just dive into it. The, the title of my message, Luke, I'm giving it up front. It's so awesome. I'm telling you. I don't have to spend the next three days. What, what did I actually preach on and what should I call it? Only Jesus determines who and what I am. Only Jesus determines who and what I am. Only Jesus. Ooh, where do I start this? Okay. Let me just start by saying this. What happened in the church years and years ago is um, with the, the revelation that, that, that God had brought um, and, uh, and the focus that drifted off of Jesus onto man, we began to display the gospel with as only one piece or one little reflection. And that's that every single one of you are sinners and that Christ came and died for your sin and so that you could be able to be restored and get go to heaven one day. So the, the expression was really about that, that Christ died because you were a mess and you sinned. going quiet in here. It's very good for us to th think this one through because this morning I, I want us to understand this affects the rest of our journey and our understanding in our Christian walk. So Christ died because we were sinners and uh, to forgive us of our sins so that we can go to heaven. If you just believe that, just that as the gospel, friends, what happens then is you will feel like you owe God a debt feel like you, 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 you need to kind of have to do something just to kind of pay him back. So your motivation 
uh, with that is uh, I, I probably should go to church. Not only is your attendance in church because you feel indebted to it, but also you're, when you relate to God, this is, these are the words that you'll hear people say, even that are in church life. They will say, oh, the big man upstairs or the big guy. Or they might say a higher power. The reason being is because there's no relationship. You don't really know him. Let me give you the fullness of the gospel and let me unpack it in as short as time as I can. So, friends, you and I sinned. So Christ had to die. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So in order, the cost of sin is death. So God had to die, right? But what we forget to add to that whole picture isn't that Christ just had to die, but the Bible says that he came to redeem us. So yes, he had to die because you and I sinned, but he didn't die because we were sinners. I hope this is dropping in. He came to redeem us. Redemption, friends. What we forget to understand is what he paid for. So yes, he died. He died because the wages of sin is death. But he also purchased. He redeemed us. What did he purchase, friends? You see, the reality is, and I keep sharing this, but we have to keep going over and over and over again. Nobody here would pay an absolute fortune for a load of garbage. You pay the price for something of extreme value. God gave everything. What he paid for had extreme value. You need to understand that it had extreme value what Christ paid for. Just think about this very quickly. It just comes to mind again. I don't know why. These are a lot of trails happening here at the moment. Um, going along them, little bike trails. Um, the reality is, friends, just think about the Son of God. Think about God himself deciding that he's going to come down and enter into the womb as a little fetus, little little thing with wiggly arms and legs. Sometimes we have this wrong concept and idea that God was sitting in the womb there. Kumbaya. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. No, he was a little guy that was growing like everybody else. But think about it. Why didn't God just shortcut the whole thing? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Are you, what, what, what God? What father? What do, what do you mean I have to do? Uh, uh, nappies? Bottle? Um, you do not create... Let there be, boom. I must do what? Man, that is a cost for God. He was prepared to pay that price. Friends, we've got to understand something Jesus was seeing that maybe we're not seeing. He paid an extreme price for what? What, did he, what was he redeeming, friends? He wasn't redeeming sinners. As we often say, he was redeeming lost sons and daughters. He was redeeming back our identity of what we were made to be and who we were, friends. That's why the fullness of the gospel is about putting something off and putting something else on. Amen. Not just that we're sinners, friends. It's about we die and we're risen again to something new. We become a new creature in Christ. 
Christ went through everything not. He didn't come as God. Friends, if he came as God, he was always God and man. But he didn't come and now I'm God and I'm going to do this. Because if he had of friends and he said, follow me, we would have said, I don't think that's possible. But he says in his word, follow me. That means if he said, follow me, we must be able to follow him. Which means, friends, that he came totally as a man in a little womb. Yugi Yugi came out like everybody else. He, uh, he had to be fed with a bottle. He had to have his bum wiped. Yes, he did poo. He wasn't just whoop, nothing. He, he had to go through the whole process, friends, as a man, totally walking and perfect for a particular reason, friends. So that we, as the people of God, when he died on the cross and rose again and sat at the right hand of God, we as the people of God could follow him that we could die to ourselves and live again to this new creature in Christ. Behold, all things have all passed away. Behold, everything has been made new. Now, this new person is critical as to understand what this new person is. Because this new person, friends, according to the Word of God, is now the personhood of love. The thing was not finished when it was just, okay, he died for us, redeemed us, sure, that's all great, whatever, and now we can just try and love others. No, we become love to others. That's what he purchased for. Now, let's follow this morning a little bit of this process, and as I shared with the new guys uh, on Friday night, I get excited, but it's, it's passion, not anger or frustration. Or So if my veins pop, that's just me getting all excited. Amen. Have a drink. I'll also have some water, but I'm, I'm, I am drinking. You see, church attendance is not your Christianity as powerful as Sunday meetings, midweek meetings, Zoom meetings, all those things. Oh, church att attendance is not your Christianity. Christ-likeness is your Christianity. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to be love, right? He paid so, you, so he could live inside of you. That's what he paid for. What's our journey? Our journey is about allowing him to live inside of us and to be transformed into his likeness. That's our journey, right? It's very quiet in this church. So let me, let me unpack this a little bit because I also want to be careful how I say this because we, we've got a beautiful course now which is Living on the Edge. And I want to unpack this carefully because uh, I, I want to encourage and strengthen every single one of us here today in what God is doing right now. I want to say this first and foremost. Do you know that the word surrender is not in the Bible? That's very quiet. Do you know that the theme of surrender is very loud in the Bible. But the word surrender is not in the Bible. Why, why do I say that? When, they, when we talk about surrender, we talk also about use the words like submit and yield. Those words are in the Bible. Submit's one of my favorite words. Hupotesso. Did you love that? Hupotesso. I like it. I like to speak foreign. <laughs> It means submit. There's nothing, nothing namby-pamby about hupoteso. But to yield, 
you find the word yield often, it's in, it's in um, 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 Romans 6. But, uh, but that, that concept, yield or, 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 or submit, it's beautiful. Those are lovely words. But why is the word surrender not in there? Just so we don't misunderstand something. See, often in our minds when we talk about surrender is I'm going to give it a good go, then I realize he's bigger. Okay, I don't think I can do this, so I'm going to surrender. So we don't want to get the misconception understanding that I'm just like surrendering as something else is more overpowering me. See, my Bible says you crucify the flesh. He says you die to self. The devil only has one tool on this earth. That's called self. You take self out of this earth, he's a goner. He's got no other tool to use. It's just self. And the Bible says, deny yourself. So there's a surrender here that we're understanding. I know what we mean. I, know, I, know, I preach it all the time. I know what I mean. But I just wanted to be careful that we don't get the wrong understanding in the Word of God. That there isn't this kind of surrender, we just die. That's why the, the Word of God uses beautiful um, words like in Romans 6, I think it's verse 11, where it says, reckon yourself dead to sin. Reckon. It's not surrender yourself. <laughs> That's die, you sucker. That's what it means. <laughs> it means you've got to render. We've got to ask ourselves this simple question. Reckon yourself dead to sin, but we talk about it all the time as if in humility um, we kind of, it's, it's like, yeah, but, you know, I'm just, I'm weak and, you know, yeah, I commit sin. Um, how do you reckon yourself dead and continue to talk about it and think that's humility? So there is a dying that needs to take place to self so that Christ can live. Amen. Why am I after this? I'm after this because something happened in the gospel that we need to understand that something died. Not I'm surrendering slowly, but something died. What died? I died. That's why Galatians 2.20, one of my most favorite scriptures, beautiful for when you're leading someone into the Lord, that we have been crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So I die, crucified. Now, the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So we need to understand what is he actually trying to explain to us or tell us there what happens when we get saved. When we get saved, we're not only uh, redeemed from our sin, that's beautiful, but now I've been transformed into his likeness, into who he is. And now my journey is about faith in the Son of God. Unpack that grant. I'm glad you asked the question. I'm going to unpack it now this morning to help every single one of us understand a, a, an incredible truth here that we can just grab hold of it. So if you want to go with your Bibles quickly to, well, don't go anywhere with your Bibles. Just turn in your Bibles um, to Romans, just Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And uh, I will try my very best to... To not go too fast. Um, maybe go to verse, um, well, the whole of Romans chapter 8 is very good. 
and um, I think it's verse 34, according to my vision. Or verse 30, verse 36, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Lord. See, it's just, I'm still being transformed. Being transformed in my eyesight. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not an extensive list? That is the, that, that's the real McCoy list. That's powerful. That's full. That list. I'm going to go, I'm going to unpack it, but I just want you to quickly, as you just skip across to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I think it's verse uh, 22, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 22, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's. And Christ is God's. That's the smallest. All are yours. Jesus Christ purchased for you. Everything is yours. And what can actually separate you from the love of God? Hallelujah. When we go through those things, man, that's an extensive list. Romans chapter 8, we just kind of go, man, nothing can separate you from the love of God. God is so awesome. He's so powerful. He's so wonderful. This is such a beautiful, powerful scripture for us to meditate on and know that nothing can separate me from the love of God. There's one thing missing in the scripture. He doesn't say anything about the past. Nothing can separate you, not things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate you. Neither death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come. 1 Corinthians 3.22, nor things present, nor things to come. Why does he leave the past out? Because yesterday can separate you from his love. And he took care of yesterday. Unpack this with me a little bit, because it's this is for the not for the faint-hearted. The yesterday can affect in your life the love of God. It shouldn't, because He took care of it. But it can, so we have to be careful here. I want us to just understand something here. So what happens, friends? What happens is that Jesus Christ died to set us free from our past so that we could live in him and be who he's called us to be. Jesus is the light of the world. And he says, now you be the light of the world. Anything that stops us from shining as the light 
is robbing us of our purpose and our destiny. Correct. So when we operate in despair, discouragement, frustration, hurt, self, we can't shine. See, who, who lights a light and then puts a cover over it? Who puts, who, may, who puts a light up and then covers it over? I'm talking scripture now, actually. See, God didn't cause you to come alive and to light you up like a light just to cover you up. So we've got to have a look at this and maybe unpack this a little bit further and go, okay, Lord, talk to me and teach me what you're really saying. Well, let me, let me use different illustrations. Friends, how many of us that when people have said something about us have got hurt? Right? So somebody says something about you and gets hurt, friends. I mean, and you get hurt. And if you get hurt, friends, and offended, then what happens? You stop shining. What someone else did to you stopped you shining. Ask yourself a simple question. Why? Why what someone else did to you makes you change who you are? You didn't do it. You see, because we put our faith and our trust in people and those around us and sometimes in people that are closest to us to actually define who we are. When God is saying only Jesus determines who and what I am. So no matter what somebody else says or does in my life, friends, shouldn't affect me, right? Unpack this a little bit in our hearts and in our lives in terms of, because everything of the past, friends, is not supposed to be speaking into my present and into my future because Jesus has taken care of it. So what do we do? We do, we go, you don't know, Grant, what happened to me two years ago or five minutes ago or 15 years ago. Yes, maybe I don't, but what has that got to do with who you are? See, this is what we've got to break free from in the church and understanding, friends, what has that got to do with you? What somebody else does, why is that causing you to be affected and changed, who you are? Because there's two aspects here. I'm going, to, I'm going to touch on the other one now. I just want to unpack this one very quickly to help us understand. So what we're doing, friends, is we're looking for life and how it outworks to determine who we are. Now, if you carry that into the gospel, friends, if you carry that into church life, then what happens in church life is you going along in Christ only as good as what's happening to you that day or that week. So how, how are you doing? It's probably not a good question to ask anymore because people will go, well, no, thank you for asking that. Whatever, I'm not doing so well because I've had a very tough week. Been lots of challenges. This, per, this has happened and that's happened. And my budgie and my dog and auntie so-and-so, this happened to her. She got broken into. She was been crying because her husband was just a real tortoise and this, that, and the other. And it's just made me very sad now. And it's, it's a very tough week. What has any of that got to do with who you are? Friends, that, you see, 
At worst, yeah, what happens is, friends, we begin to gather around people and identify them with what's happened to them, friends, and that's called sympathy. And sympathy never sets anybody free, ever. So you have to come and understand, friends, that they need to be separated away from that which is trying to attach it to them. We even have uh, 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 leaders in the church, they, they stand up often and they go, okay, so let's just stand up now, let's just uh, pray for every single one of us, you had a bad week, having a tough time, whatever, let's just shake that free, let's shake it off you now, let's get free from that thing. Why was it attached to you in the first place? It shouldn't be speaking into your life, friends, anything that's being said, it's the, the, I mean, I've had this one lately, the common one is, but you don't understand, Grant, I had a really, really bad dad. I, and I didn't. I've got a great father. But I'm just saying, I, you go like, oh, I've had a really bad dad. And I go, oh, and why is that? And they go, no, well, it's so hard for me to receive the love of a father. Because my father never gave me love. So I go, sorry, I, I don't know in the word of God that it says we find the love of God through the love of an earthly father. I find the love of God through Jesus Christ. Not through an earthly father. Friends, that should be silly for us to even parallel that. See, and the reality is, friends, a lot of the time as we journey stuff through our lives, and I'm not, I'm not playing down the stuff that we go through and the stuff that's in our lives. What I'm saying is the answer isn't to go back to it. My revelation, understanding of the word of God, that's not a good idea. It's illegal to go back because he took care of our past. Friends, what you need to do is wrap faith around it, and you need to look now, because God is, guess what? God is I am. As I stand here now before the Lord in my present, God's wanting me to identify who I am in my present. Not five minutes ago, not 10 minutes ago, not two years ago, not 10 years ago. I will not let that voice speak louder than the voice of God. You can say that two years or three years ago, this and this happened to me. Why are you letting what one man did? override what one man did? Why are you letting what one man said to you override what one man said? Because I want what one man did and what one man said to determine who I am and what I am. And the Bible's very clear on that. It determines who you are and what you are. So now let me jump into a huge leap of faith taking you with me on this journey. So the reality is, friends, now we talk about faith. The just shall live by faith. Is it meaning the thing that we apply to our needs list every single day? Is it it a tool where we get things from God? Or is it a place and a perspective from where I live from? What's that perspective? That perspective is all things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I have died and I have now risen again in Christ. I am now a new creature in Christ. I don't wake up and try not to sin and do bad things. I wake up as a child, a son and a daughter of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by Him. I I, I wake up to live for Him. I wake up full of joy. Why? Because my joy is in Him, and that's who I am. 
My faith now is in who I am. See, faith is a perspective, friends. If your eye is single, then your whole body is full of light. If your eye is single, if faith is a perspective, the way you view things, the way you look at things, you shine as a light for God. If it's not single, friends, then you have other things coming in, friends, and robbing you of being the light. This is not a journey, friends. This is not a slow surrender or a slow death. This is die and live. While I'm living, I'm being transformed because that's what the gospel is. It's a transformation. It's not just, a, 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 well done, you got, you got forgiven and, and, uh, and one day you're going to go to heaven. This is about a transformed life. I'm now living for him, not for myself, friends, anymore. Now when I live for him and shine for him, friends, I can't, I can't do this in a slow process. Otherwise, the enemy will constantly be trying to rob me and steal from me all the time. And then I've got to go, okay, well, today I'm having a bad day. Today it's not been good. Friends, the reality is half the church operates like this, and we've got to break ourselves free from it. It's did you have a good week? So, uh, even our church attendance is based on how our week went. Friends, you shouldn't have a bad day, ever. Why? Because whatever happens to you in your life should not be dictating to you as to who you are. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ has died. He has fulfilled everything. So now I run into him all the time, and I don't let anything try and attach itself to my life. When I wake up every single morning, I'm still exactly who I was yesterday morning. doesn't matter what happened in my day. But Grant, we need to, uh, you know, you don't know. I need to get free of those things. I'm not knocking Sometimes a journey where we gather people around us just to help us and strengthen us. What I am knocking, friends, is when we have to go back and try and unpack and outwork something that Christ has already died for. There's a beautiful illustration in the Bible. It's called Lot's wife. She was leaving from somewhere, Sodom. She was going somewhere, and she looked back, and she got stuck. She came a wrong kind of pillar. Friends, the church gets stuck between where it's been freed from and where God wants to take it when it's looking back. God wants us to live in the now and in the future. That's what's ours. So when we talk about, okay, you're talking about stuff that's happened to us. Yes. Anything that's happened to you, I'm telling you here today, it's, why would you let what someone else can't see determine what you see? So someone else comes and says, you silly loser. They can't see that you're absolutely God's workmanship, his delight, his treasure. Why would you now, what they can't see, make you now see, oh, actually, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. No, I'm not going to let somebody else, what they can't see, determine what I can see. See, why are we letting others determine who we are? So we've got to now say, go to the word of God and say, Jesus, because you've called us to follow you, to be like you. So if it's not in your mouth, it's not part of your life, then it's not part of my life. Amen. Because that's what he's called us to. What a beautiful privilege now. And then we cannot let our past dictate and speak into that anymore. We have to look and go forward now. By faith, 
the just shall live by faith. It's a faith thing that we put our faith in who he is, and because we're in him, it's who I am. By faith. I'm now walking by faith. Yes, I am being transformed. I understand the reality is our journey stuff, stuff comes my way. I have to process it. But I must come back to that place of faith, friends. I don't have to go back in and try and deal with that thing. That's not going to define me. I'm not going to let it have a voice in my life. We've got to silence all those things in our past that are voices in our lives. They're all garbage, absolute garbage. There's only one voice that we need to speak into our lives, and his name is Jesus. And he declares and speaks over our lives all the time who we are. And we want to live in that. I'm not going to be able to. See, when we talk about stuff like um, living for him and being love in this world, then we understand, friends, that when you and I got born again, we died to every right that we have. Big popular topic now. Very popular topic. Friends, you and I died to every single right bar one. We died to all our rights and obtained one. That was to live like him, to manifest him, to love him, to be his, the fullness of expression of him and who he is. And he is love. So we want to express and live like love in this world. So the more people mess up, act crazy, don't know who they are, um, are just sinning around us. The more sin abounds, the Bible says, grace abounds even more. Love covers a multitude of sin and mercy triumphs over judgment. What this world is needing right now is not a whole bunch of people to judge them, not a whole bunch of people to try and correct them, a whole bunch of people to be loved to them. My Bible says when sin abounds, grace must abound even more, and it's love that covers a multitude of sin. And it's love that leads to repentance. What they're needing is the love of God to captivate them and grab hold of them. We need to be who we are, and that's the love of God. To every single person in the world right now who's actually needing us. That's our right. Our only right. We shine in the midst of adversity. See, if we do this, friends, and we don't have a bad day, then what is the, what is, what is the body of Christ moving in? See, they're moving in the power and the presence of God. They don't ever have a bad day. They're not trying to have a better day. They have every day is a great day. We're not trying to get better. We are better. That's the faith element, friends. So what happens if you do slip up? What happens if you do mess up? Something happens in your life and you mess up. The first thing you do is you boldly come before the throne of grace. And guess what it says? Oh, I'm going to go there. Just quickly go to Romans chapter 4. You, could, you can go all over the place in the Bible. Romans chapter 4. Let me just read verse 16. Just in case somebody out here is going, yeah, but that's people have done that to me. What happens if I did something? Verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. <laughs> Hebrews 4. Hebrews, sorry, what did I say? Romans. You can go to Romans chapter 4, but you won't find it there. But, <laughs> but you can go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Um, 
Romans chapter 4. Yeah, that's a good one. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Don't you just love that? Jesus has done it all. He's died. He's risen again. Whatever. He's passed through the heavens. He's completed everything. And now he's sitting there as our intercessor on our behalf. What a confidence I can have when I know, oh, it's him that's there. He's my high priest. You can go to Hebrews 3, verse 1. It also says beautifully, Therefore, holy brothers who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He says, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What confession? This is the context of this, you're coming before a throne of grace because you have need. What confession do you need to hold fast to? Just maybe need to hold fast to who you are in Christ and your identity in Him. Because that's slapping you silly at the moment. And you come and stand before him and you know, I've got Jesus. He's the one who died for me. He died on behalf of me. And he passed this exam 100%. And he invited me into his victory, not mine. Just reminding myself, I'm holding fast to my confession when I stand before the Lord. I am righteous. I am chosen. I am your beloved. I am accepted. I am blameless and above reproach. says, let us hold fast the confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is very, in every respect, has been tempted as we are without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. So what do we do? We come before him boldly. We don't let, let go of our confession. We stay in faith. We wrap faith around it. We come before him. We say, Lord, just help me in my time of need. I slipped up. I messed up. And I thank you that right now I'm receiving mercy and I'm finding grace, grace, the divine enablement at this moment, Lord God, to, to, to continue to walk in who you've called me to be and who my identity is. That wasn't me. I really am sorry, Lord. If I had a chance to go back and do it again, I wouldn't do it because it's not me. And I'm letting that thing go. I'm not letting it try and speak or dictate to me because it is now of my past and my yesterday. And that's not mine. Present and the future is what is mine. So then I identify, wrap faith around it. I don't go, Lord, I just come before you now. And uh, Lord, it's so difficult. I think I'm going to need 17 people to gather around me during the week and, and pray whatever and lead me through a big prayer and uh, try and get delivered from this terrible thing that's happened in my life. And I'm not knocking that, friends. We do need one another. What I'm trying to get us to understand is that there is a, 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 a revelation, ongoing revelation of Jesus Christ that we need to understand what Jesus paid for and who we are. And that, friends, those things need not try and attach themselves to us or define who we are. We just got to let it go by faith. We've got to wrap faith of who we are around that thing. Hope I'm, okay, I'm going to land. This is also good. I'll land with this. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Ask yourself this question. Well, if you said you overcome the world, why do we still have trouble? What you have to do is go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, and it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. 
our faith. Just maybe he's not about trying to fix and have no trouble. Just maybe he's trying to change our perspective and have a perspective of faith in a world that has trouble. So if you are a person trying to look for glassy seas, friends, you're not going to find them. But if you're a person who's changed your perspective and understanding who you are in a sea of trouble, then you can understand and bring the revelation of Jesus Christ into the midst of that trouble. And you can shine. And in the past, all the devil's got to do is get the church getting, doing this, that, and the other, and then they lose their light. And God's saying, I didn't make you shine so that you can cover it up. You need to stay in me in the grace of God. See, grace and truth came. There's grace for truth. We have to go back to the truth, align ourselves with truth, and grace comes. Or we can believe a lie, and there's no grace. It just works. We just stress and we're trying to do something. So the lie is, oh, I'm a failure. Then we try and work to not be a failure, friends, and there's no grace there. But I come back into line with the truth, and the truth sets me free, friends, so that our grace can come and then divinely enable me to walk this. So that whenever we are facing trouble in this world, we are the people that are shining because we're in Christ. This is not about us, it's about Jesus. That's why I said it's all about Jesus. So when we're coming into his presence, this isn't about uh, uh, j- people jumping out of wheelchairs. This isn't about the power, you know, this flip flaps and all of that. What this is about, friends, is us becoming who God called us to be. And I'm, I'll just make this statement because Connor's been unpacking it very beautifully over the last three weeks. But you will be surprised when you look in the, in the word of God to, about the will of God for your life. What you'll be surprised with when we talk about the will of God for our lives, we're always looking going, well, I don't know. Does he want me to be a school teacher or a plumber or electrician or a business person? Doesn't want me to be in ministry. What is his will for my life? You will find it's interesting the majority of the Bible will never ever talk about that. What it does talk about, it says rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. This is the will of God for your life. That's not the will of God for my life. <laughs> That's the will of God for your life, friends. The will of God for your life is to be Jesus to demonstrate, to to manifest His glory, who He is. That's why we run to Him. We get secure in Him. We put our faith back in Him. Whenever the enemy tries to come, friends, He tries to come in like a flood. We raise up a standard. Who's the standard? It's Jesus, not us the standard. I'm I'm trying to do it right so that I can raise up a standard. Everybody look at me. No, you don't look at me. Look to Jesus, every single one of us. We raise up a standard, friends, and the standard is Jesus Christ. I'm always running to Him in everything in my life, so that He is my everything. Amen. I know it's long and trying to, it's a huge thing to unpack, friends, but it's just the reality of who we are, friends. We get commissions as the mandate of God wants to come on your life. The mandate of God is for you to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be like Him, to be Christ-like. That's Christianity, friends. That's who we are. We walk around demonstrating Jesus Christ in everything that we do. Not, we're not trying to gain and get something. We're trying to be something, friends, in this world. Then it doesn't matter whether your life is, woo, it doesn't matter, I just shine. Because it doesn't dictate who I am. I'm a winner already. And if you understand how the world works, friends, there is a process here all the way along. That's why there should be no fear of death. There's no fear of death because this is just an easy process. I process in God. I'm just shining for Jesus. And then when, a, when this body fails, friends, I just blink of an eye. I go to be with the Lord. But then he just says to me, just wait a little bit. There's going to be, there's not even a wait a little bit because there's no time where he is. Friends, it just happens so quickly. Uh, that, then he says, just, we're going to now all come down, whatever, and I'm going to get a resurrected body. 
There's a continuation happening here, friends. There's no fear of this. It's just a resurrection body is beautiful, friends, but it's still a resurrection body. He didn't say, no, scrap all of that. We're going to design and do something new. No, he said a resurrection body. That means our bodies are going to be very similar to what they are now. They're just a different world, friends. And this world that we've got now is marriage and females and males, and they design our bodies accordingly. When we're there, we won't have that because they're not designed like that. But there's still a body. You'll see a face. You'll know me. You'll recognize me. I've got arms, legs, woo-woo. And all that kind of stuff, friends, and it will just continue, just like this world was created by God and designed by God, and it's going to continue because it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Otherwise, I said, no, there's going to be an ongabunga and a bungabunga. No, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, which means that this earth, what he created, friends, is just going to be designed and recreated again. That means there's just a journey of continuing. This isn't us dying whenever or believing one day we're going to go to heaven. This is us journeying as Jesus Christ in this life. And if I have to blink and go with him, Literally with him for a while, that's fine, but I'm going to come back and continue on this earth as a new heaven and a new earth. So I'm not so keen on wanting to be raptured or get, go to heaven, friends. I want him to change my life and be like him because I'm going to live one day like him. I'm going to live like a son and a daughter. So what's the church? What's the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church, friends, is to, uh, for us to be transformed and conformed, uh, transformed into his image, into his likeness, into who he is, so we can demonstrate who he is. We demonstrate who he is because of community, of being together, the love of God, helping one another, reaching out to others. That's the whole journey. And that's why we gather together. That's why you're here this morning. And it's beautiful, but if the church is spending all its time sitting, uh, trying to help people because of what the past is speaking into their lives, but what they've done, friends, we will never shine and get the job done. Amen. This is not me trying to preach to you to cut my counseling sessions short, to give myself more time for pina colada or whatever. This is the gospel, friends. This is the gospel. Jesus did not just come because you are a sinner. Because you sin, he came. Because you are a lost son and daughter. He wants to redeem back your value, your true value. And he wants that to be who you are every single day of your life, to wake up with the joy of the Lord being your strength. Don't let anybody in your life dictate to you who you are and what you are. Please, let Jesus be the only one. How do we know that and find that out? We just go to the Word. And it tells us who we are, what we are. Man, we are amazing when we read this Word. You can wake up every morning, look in the mirror and say, Hello there, gorgeous. I am amazing. That's what God thinks of you. He looks at, whoo, he's awake. We're going to do some stuff together today. Amen. Shall we stand? Now, God's already done most of the stuff that I wanted to do, and Matt already used the scripture, forgetting what lies behind. So I just want to pray over us. I know time has gone a little bit, but I just want to be biblical like God. He's outside of time, so now I'm teasing. Thank you, Jesus. There's so much that I wanted to share, particularly about the past, and lots of things that the enemy tries to lie to us and I really want to say to every single one of you that I'm not really not making light of the journeys that some of you have gone through and the challenges and the difficulties that you've had to face and I am certainly not light on sin 
But I want you to know that there's either the way or a way. And Jesus said, I am the way, not a way. And there's a way that seems right to man. And that's that, hey, the way you deal with stuff is to focus on it and, and you know, let it um, just study it and see and, and analyze. And by the way, anything of analytical is only because man fell. We were never meant to be analytical beings, weigh things up and check pros and cons. And that's the fallen man. God never ever wanted us to be analytical. He just wanted us to be obedient. <laughs> he just wanted us to submit. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. So let's just take a, a little moment. Maybe there's things in your life that still speak. Friends, can I say this very carefully but clearly? Before a person gets born again, they need to be sin conscious. Otherwise, you won't even receive a savior. So that's what the law is there for. The law is there for to, to show you that you're a sinner and that you need a savior. You need Jesus. But once you receive Jesus as your savior, you need to switch from Sin conscious to Christ conscious. And then for the rest of our lives, we should never be sin conscious again. We should be Christ conscious. And the way you deal with sin is by being Christ conscious, by being who you are. Because a good tree bears good fruit, friends. If you keep thinking you're a bad tree, you're going to bear bad fruit. But if you think you're a good tree, you don't have to think it, you have to believe it. So if you're here today, maybe there's a whole bunch of stuff in your past that you've gone through that's been speaking to you, that's been telling you who you are or that's why you can't do this or that's why you can't do that or that's why this is happening in your life. Then I want you to lift that up to the Lord now. Just put it all into a basket. Just picture that. Picture all the stuff that you've happened. And I mean from five minutes ago, when you thought, why was this guy preaching so long? And no, I'm joking. Every single thing from the past, which is literally is five minutes ago, yesterday. Take all of that, put it in a basket now this morning and just lift it up to the Lord. Father, as we lift this up to you, this is our past, representing our past. I want to thank you, Father that we give it to you right now. We give it to you, Lord God, not only putting it under the blood, but the blood of Jesus washes it all away. We come into truth today, and the truth says that you wash us, wash us white as snow, white as wool. So we dare to believe truth and that we are washed clean of our past, every little bit of our past. If there's anything, Lord God, that we have done in the past that we're battling to forgive ourselves, we apply the truth of God's word. And because He forgave us, 
You forgive yourself. We boldly come before your throne this morning to obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. We thank you, Father, for your mercy over our lives. We thank you for your grace at your divine enablement to let all those things go, Lord God. We silence this morning every single voice of our past, of our failures in the name of Jesus right now. We put it under the blood and thank you, Father, that you remove it as far as the east is from the west. It will not speak again in the name of Jesus. And we stand before you right now, Lord God, saying thank you, Lord, for the present and the things to come. That as I look out from my present right now, the just shall live by faith. The just, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Sinless, God is looking at me as if I've never even sinned. As I look in my present and out into my future, I thank you, Lord God, that I align myself with the redemption of God, which is to restore me back to truth. I was made a new creature in Christ. All things have all passed away. All things have become totally, totally new. All things. That word all in the Greek means all. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. That as I go out from today, Lord God, I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I want to say thank you, Lord God. What you're speaking over me right now is that I am a chosen one. That I am a royal priesthood. That I am a holy, integral part of a holy nation. That you have redeemed me and sanctified me, spirit, soul, and body, blameless before you. And that the grace of God surrounds me. The anointing of God is upon me. And the presence of God is in me. And that I am more than a conqueror. That everything that I do is successful because you lead me in triumph. I pray today, Lord God, that every single person, Lord, would not, this is not a mantra, a Dale Carnegie course or a positive thinking course. This is aligning ourselves with truth in who we are. I pray today, even right now, Holy Spirit, that which I cannot do even right now, thank you that you do it in every single heart, Lord. And I pray for every soil of every single heart, Lord God, that it would be soft, pliable, and open to the Word of God to go in. And not hardened, Lord God. Don't let the birds of the air come and steal the seed this morning. Because maybe you don't, I don't really understand what Ron's saying, or I don't quite believe that's the way it's said in the Bible. Don't let birds come and steal the seed this morning. Let that seed take root. Let it become living and active inside of your and my hearts so that we can be changed. Lord, I pray that 
from today onwards, from this morning onwards, Lord God, that we would be transformed lives. A mindset that's been totally shattered and changed, Lord God. The gospel has broken down the walls that we've tried to put up in our lives to protect us. We don't have to protect ourselves anymore because we know the truth. The truth has set us free. We are in Christ. We who Christ says we are in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now, will you seal this work by your Holy Spirit? And may every single one of us be love tomorrow and the rest of the week and every day after this one, just shining for you. Shining for you. Shining for you in Jesus' name. Shining for you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I can just, for some, it's just sinking in. Just a few more moments. If you can just hang in there for a few more moments. Some people, it's just still, God is still just, some people wrestling. Just allow it to settle on their hearts. Allow it to settle into their hearts. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We run into the Lord. We run into who we are. The life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus. We live by faith in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just let it go. Just let it go. No matter how hard and how sore it may have been, just let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sorry, I'm going to be obedient to what I'm seeing in the Spirit. For those of you that need to go, you can go. I know time has gone by. I just know some here, I'm not going to close the meeting. Some here are just still letting go of things and processing stuff. And we're just going to allow Holy Spirit to do that. Um, there's no problems for you to just sneak out now if you need to go, if you've got commitments and other things. We're just going to allow Holy Spirit to continue to work here. Just in the spirit realm, I'm seeing things just slowly being let go. Sometimes if you've held on to it for so long, it's hard to entrust it to the Lord. It's become part of you. And because it's become part of you, it's become who you are. I am the person that was badly done by or this happened to me. Just let it go and let Jesus begin to tell you who you are. Let him begin to tell you who you are. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Jesus. The Bible says, know the truth, and it's the truth that sets you free, friends. It doesn't say counseling, it doesn't say laying hands, it says truth will set you free. The Word of God says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. As you come into line with truth this morning, as you come into line with the Son, that's Jesus and what He says about you, then you truly will be free. So thank you for freedom in people's hearts and lives today, Lord God. Never, ever the same, Lord God. Never the same again, Lord God. Transformed. Transformed as we encounter you and know you, Lord. Transformed to be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.